Welcome to Top Shelf Tech. We are finally back after a bit of a hiatus, um, apart from a few remote video uh, calls over the COVID lockdown period. And um, funnily enough, we are in our uh, studio that we'd set up right before COVID for the first time, able to um, use that in our Parnell offices, uh, sorry, Ponsonby offices. Um, it's really back in time. <laughs> so um, today we've got um, Jeff McLucky from KPMG joining us to talk about cloud being bigger than IT. Uh, Jeff, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, sure. So I'm a director in the technology consulting group at KPMG. So, you know, fairly broad remit, you know, we do strategy and org design and that type of stuff. We do a lot of project delivery support for IT projects and we also do some kind of digital enablement, software development. Um, for me personally, I'm an infrastructure guy. That was kind of my background, you know, server storage, networking, compute, that type of thing. Um, spent many years contracting in sort of the Auckland market yep. and these days sort of split my time between Auckland and Wellington and to sort of the corporate government sectors. The long bus ride. The long bus ride with all the rest that commute back and <laughs> yes, forth. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, are we crossing the personal business divide today? Um, you as a person? Oh, me as a person. Look, what's what time's left over once you finish the work day? I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I've got I've got two kids, five and ten. You know, family's really important to me. Yeah. Um, and between you know family, work, and trying to stay a little bit fit, that's, yep. that's pretty much my life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, it's um, it gets busy, doesn't it? That sure does. Yeah, cool. Look, and um, today we were uh, we we're going to talk about cloud being bigger yep. than IT, and I think most people would um, understand what that um, yeah, what, what that yeah. means. Um, and I think we you know there's lots of lots of talk around the impact of cloud on um, organisations. Like, um, I'm pretty interested to get straight into the the guts of what works and what doesn't work. Sure. So I thought we'd start with the negative uh, yeah. you know, today uh, and, and we can finish on the positive. Sure. Um, what have you seen in your role uh, where organisations are implementing cloud where it doesn't consider the bigger picture, that just doesn't work out and what are the what are some of the pitfalls that can be avoided there? Yeah sure and look I think it's you know we'll spend a bit of time talking through a few of them today I think there's a there's a big long list and you know yep. as consultants we have frameworks and our particular our cloud framework that covers all these areas but yep. the, the big ones for me they fall into kind of those two groups you mentioned right so it's the, the enabling functions that we don't consider and don't do well that kind of stop us from succeeding and then the other side is you know the the more strategic core business areas that really help you leverage the stuff you do get out of cloud so if we think about the things that don't get considered I think the the most obvious one is probably finance Okay. And, you know, again, we're starting in IT, we love the technology bits, we build cool tech things, yep. but we can't actually use those things and sustain those things if we don't think about how we're funding them. So, you know, the shift from CapEx to OpEx, you know, has been talked to death, but mm. what does that actually mean? Um, you know, from an accounting perspective, as we scale and do more and more cloud, now we end up with this huge expense line that actually impacts your, your EBITDA from an accounting perspective, yep. right? So have you talked to finance about that? Does finance understand that? Um, does your you know senior leadership team understand that that actually you, you know your profit number might take a hit because your your expenditures in a different way? Um, so so that, that in the past people were able to buy an asset they could use they could depreciate totally. it and keep your EBITDA a bit bit higher. Yeah. Now it's all um, effectively opex and yeah. um, 
Yep. So we used to take that big, you know, big capital investment hat, and everyone understands. Okay, you need capital to run a project to build yep. a capability, and then we're going to depreciate. That all makes sense. Now all of a sudden, actually, actually, our expense line is just going to increase and increase and increase. And that's probably part of a bigger conversation with finance about how we actually build budgets, yeah. um, how we report on spend, how we control spend, and things like that. And I think one of the places we've seen that happen really badly. And I can't name names, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, is, you know, an organization spent a lot of time, did some great stuff, you know, working with the vendors, you know, automated CI, CD pipelines, yep. um, integration with their IT service management tools, building really awesome stuff. But in the end of the day, they actually had to stop and pull the whole thing out because they just couldn't make the financial model work. The entire organization yep. was capital driven, capital projects, yes. you know, capital funding in big lumps. And they just couldn't move to that OPEX model. I think one of the interesting things that we'd see with this is, um, if you're a you know software startup company, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a cost of sale. Yep. Um, it's a cost of goods sold. And if you're delivering value in a business, and um, now that's not used to delivering in that kind of model, that um, we're, we're producing something of value in this. Yep. And as we scale that value, we scale the costs with it. Those models are quite different, and it's, it's you know digital is part of your business now. It's not just um, you know a department at the back um, you know that um, you know fixes the broken computers and makes your email gets delivered. Yeah, totally. And I think that's the 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 distance from as you say the kind of the product end that, that actually hits your consumers if that's kind of your model. Yep. To IT will drive that right because. You know, if we think about government and not-for-profit, you know, there is no, you know, the more we deliver, we don't bring more <laughs> in, right? So this kind of increasing scale, yes. increasing OPEX is just now we need to build that into our budgets, into our appropriations and into all that type of stuff. So, you know, there, there's no one solution for that. Yep. But, you know, if you have these conversations early and have, you know, your finance stakeholders, your CFOs and those, those teams that are on board with you, it's a hell of a lot easier to start working through that. Yeah, and look, you you, you used the term appropriation. You talked mm -hmm. about um, public sector. Yeah, is public sector finance well equipped? Do you think to deal with um, the kind of consumption based models? Oh, look, it's it varies depending on agency and maturity, right? And I think there's yep. there's some absolutely fantastic finance departments out there that are very capable, um, and there's some that this is quite new to. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think we see it even across executives. Um, you know, is, is understanding what this is going to mean for them. You know, understanding the impact on their numbers and a bit of education about how it works. I mean, really specific, small example. Um, how do you treat reserved instances from an accounting perspective? Right? Yeah, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're committing upfront to three years of something. Is that now a, an asset, or is it, yep. is it an expense, or, or how do you treat it? And there's been changes in accounting. I think FRS 16 is the um, uh, swipe tweak there around how you can. Make maybe mm -hmm. treat um, operational expense as, you know, we, we basically we yep. don't own an asset as, yep. as a capital. Do you, have you seen many people adopt um, those kind of practices? So, so this is where I'm really lucky to work in a firm where we've actually got audit and tax divisions, that we've actually got a group called Accounting Advisory yep. Services, that this is their whole world and their whole job is interpreting some of those. So yep. um, I think we've had a couple of goes where clients have come to us and said, you know, what the hell do we do with yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, can we do something more advantageous with this? And that's where we pull those guys in to kind of to go and help and answer that question. Yes, um, still very new, isn't it, as well, I think. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, reserved instances in particular, you're kind of now getting into the depths of the technical that, you yep. know, how much does a finance group need to understand about this to actually understand the treatment of it. Um, so that, that's probably finance. Yep, that's um, yep. And again, we could go on and on about finance. Um, the other area that I, I often see doing, done, or sort of overlooked is sort of your HR, people and culture area. Okay. Um, and I think... 
from what we see, you know, when you are adopting cloud and doing it properly, it normally brings with it, you know, new skill sets, probably new ways of working, you yes. know, potentially your, your agile, your DevSecOps, some combination yep. of, um, which has fairly significant impacts for sort of your HR people and culture. I mean, there's the cultural elements of mm. it. Um, you know, we've seen where we actually want a really great nucleus of talent to kind of drive going forward. So how do we how do we source that? Um, the, the common sort of situation we've seen, oh, you know, we're going to train up our people and our people are going to become these fantastic technical yep. experts. But I've, I've seen sort of without that nucleus of the people that have been there, done that, know how this stuff works, it's very hard to do that. And what you end up seeing is kind of taking those very traditional infrastructure patterns and infrastructure ways of yep. working and doing those in a cloud world, which yeah, doesn't yeah. really work in well, a lot of ways. When you're looking at stuff where you can release regularly and all that kind of yeah. stuff, and you're going, well, actually, we're, we're very used to this governance framework and this yeah. approach, and it's, it's quite a... Um, Quite, quite a shift in particular in how people are used to dealing with risk and yeah, that you know small incremental releases mm -hmm. and we've got good rollback plans and we're deploying to blue green environments all that kind yeah. of stuff is a way of managing risk yeah. conversely a way of managing risk is it has to go via cab and cab only six every yep. um, two weeks or whatever it might be right yeah, and trying to run that cadence and I think that's where if you're talking about the larger organisations oh, and how does that fit into our enterprise risk framework and you know what cadence does that run at and how do we manage this and you know that's a whole separate conversation is you know how do we fit into that risk and governance structure when we're, as you say, wanting to move at this type of pace. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's another area. Do you have a tip? Is there, is there something where you go, like, here, here is a, if you're going to try this, if mm. you're not quite sure how you reconcile the old world and the new world, mm. is, there a, is there a kind of a starters model? Yeah, that? I think it's different for every organisation, yep. but the guidance that we always, or I certainly always try and give our clients is you need to go into this journey thinking about the big picture. You know, you, if you go into it as IT going, right, I, we're going to do this cloud thing, it's going to be mm. great, and then we'll just figure out how the rest of the business works. You're going to struggle. So I think it's that early engagement, who do we need to talk to, who do we need to get on board to actually start figuring that out because at the end of the day, IT can't be experts in or everything finance does. We can't be experts in everything risk does. We can't yep. be experts in what all the rest of the business does. So it's really about how do we bring those people together and ideally you've got the credibility, the relationships, that stuff, that that's really easy. But if you don't, you really need to start building that early to do this stuff well. You, you really starting to talk about a picture that requires that, you know, if it's CEO or a public sector dip sector, top-down buy-in, right, to get the whole organisation starting to think differently and, you know, get get the right positive tensions that it's not everybody um, sort of going, well, these guys are going a bit fast and I don't really like this, but mm. everybody understands uh, why why it's happening, yeah. why are we changing. And, and when we do a lot of, um, you know, executive briefings, you know, so boards and chief execs and things like that, just so they get enough of a flavour of what okay. we're doing and why, um, because that then helps those conversations, that common language. And, you know, certainly on LinkedIn you've seen, you know, some, some senior people getting their Azure Fundamental certifications, yeah, you know, yeah, and you're right, going, yeah. great, that's awesome, yep, you know. Yep. At least then you've got that common language. Um, so is that something you guys would always recommend? You go into an organisation that hasn't gone this, uh, done this before and you'd say we should be briefing the executive, we should be briefing the board? Well, I think if it's being adopted seriously you know yep. if, if it's IT doing experiments off in the corner yep. you're not really going to get to the, the level of benefits that you're trying to get to so you do need that senior buy-in um, whether you go straight to the chief exec and go here's why we're going to go cloud yep. there's probably some steps in the middle as to how you would do that um, but you really do need that top level buy-in to do this at the scale to for it to be successful cool so there, there's some of the um, there are a couple of the big ticket <laughs> where items it that where, where yeah. it goes wrong so yeah. the cu culture a big one and I yep. think that's 
culture in, in general around digital and stuff is really really shifting right yeah. and um then uh, finance of course as well because everybody's got to pay the bills yeah what about when it goes right how does that change an organization in a positive sense and what sure. are the the lead-ins that you you should think about to to get there yeah i think the for me you know what's going right is when the business is in a position that they understand the capabilities they've got and how they can leverage them and again i'll talk about the, the distance between you know your, your end user customer of the product or service that the organization's offering and and it yep and you know the the, the extreme of that is when tech is now an embedded part of a business unit right and I think yeah i've seen yeah. there's a few organizations yes. that have gone to that length so they're they're enabling we're side by side we kind of understand what you're trying to do we yep. understand the tech part and how we can enable now you're that. probably going to give me a horses for courses um, yep. answer, answer but how do we do that is, yeah <laughs> sure um and, and looking at it um again i come back to it needs to be credible capable and be able to do this stuff to be able to be in the room to have the conversation so we've we've talked to the chief exec they kind of understand some of this there's the broader education about what do these capabilities mean for the organization you know actually yep. we can spin up a product in a week we can spin up a product in two weeks and take it to market or all those type of learnings having the ability to back that and all of that comes back to relationships with your stakeholders who, right? who's who owns those relationships is that the cio we're talking about Again, it's different layers, right? You know, yep. your CIO needs, or CTO, CDO, whatever yep. the equivalent is, you know, they need to have those relationships with their equivalents around the, around the group. They need to be able to articulate, here's the value that we're providing and can provide. And then even down the layers, you know, and if we talk about op model design, you know, we talk a lot about business relationship managers as a very traditional way of doing this. But having a tech person embedded in a business unit to yep. be both the... Uh, almost the selling here's all the great stuff that tech can do is also the bringing back as far as getting close to the business problems there, right? yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think and that's one of the um you know whether it's been internal it departments all that kind of stuff once you get to a size of scale with anything hmm. often the the technical um people end up getting pushed back somewhere and so divorced from the business 100%. I, I actually most of the time they hate hate hmm. that and have really valuable contributions um yeah. as, as well around you know um you know, um, observe observations around how things are happening and what mm. they could and couldn't do. But it's um, funny how that natural kind of you just end up with the split, right? It does, yeah. And I think you see it when um, organisations try and do innovation in, in isolation, yep. Yep. and it, it'll be someone's great idea that you know we're going to hire a chief innovation officer and we're going to build a team around them, and they're going to go off and do innovation without really being clear on the value they're offering. And there's actually all these great people in the organisation that understand and want to help and want to do you great really empowered stuff. one group a and told everybody else sorry yeah sure you just go over there and <laughs> yeah, get the lights yeah. on please <laughs> and, that's, and, and you know and that speaks to how you do um you know that that innovation angle you know if, if you go off and do it off to the side and you don't look at how you fund projects you know how you deal with failure you know a lot of a lot of ceos and our ceo service said, oh yeah we want innovation we want change we want movement mm. and then the, the counter question is you know how accepting are you if a project fails and the answer is we're not yeah so yeah. that, that which again government cl- classic right you know right? it's lots of certainty and i think you know um, my experience is that comes from the politicians right down nobody wants <laughs> yeah. to sign off um and you know budget line um you know in the budget but only to find that then um, next year that hasn't done anything what it's yep. so high degree of certainty yeah um is sort of demanded in some of these areas and then yeah if you're wanting to to truly innovate and do different things 
you know, you either spend all your time over here trying to figure out how to do those things with certainty by which time the thing's already gone and yes. it's not innovative anymore, or you find a way to kind of move fast, learn things, yep. and kind of build that structure in. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in having um, a level of capacity in, in organisations that allows you to do some of that out-of-band mm-hmm. stuff without having to go, you know, try to get a pot of money or get an approval to change something because, you know, otherwise you are literally, you spend all your time trying to justify it and then de- deliver a degree of certainty as opposed to, there just needs to be some free yeah. time to. Be and able and to look, I, I don't think the business case is going away anytime soon, particularly in government, um, and it's it's necessary in a lot yes. of cases. But you know, I, I think there has to be a, a pathway for we're going to try something. Yep. How are we going to do it? Let's just not change spend six months yeah. figuring it out. Change and managing risk and accountability, isn't it? Really, much, yeah. we, we do want accountability, of course. Absolutely, uh, yeah. we don't want to just be throwing money after <laughs> good money after bad. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So. Um, Biggest success story with cloud. What have you seen where an organisation's absolutely nailed it and um, they've gone, you know, they've done the right things and they've made basically the transition that they wanted? Sure. And I think the, again, sorry, I can't name names again, yeah. um, but kind of the what it's what it's meant, and it's been interesting to talk to a few people, is actually the, the first benefits they're getting out of is actually I just don't have to worry about the low-level stuff anymore. And that is kind of the enabler then to start doing all this great stuff, being closer to the business, doing all the rest. So actually I don't have to look after infrastructure to the same extent I did yes. before. Um, you know, my platforms are there, they're scalable, I can use them. And that now means that I've got my smart IT people in business units yep. developing stuff with that business unit supporting that business unit and we've seen organizations turn around and you know rather than it's not a five-year journey it's a nine-month journey and mm. actually now we're fully in the cloud and we're moving really fast and what we're seeing then and you know one of the ones down the road I work with is actually now there's, there's just all these tools that they've got that they can now go and do cool stuff with and their biggest challenge is actually which ones are we going to take to the business or how do we get the business yes. really excited to do more stuff rather than how do we keep the lights on how do we kind of stop the it's fires? a lot more interesting than um, trying to figure out when you need to order that um, next block of disk or totally. server to yeah. turn up at the right time to be installed at the right time. And but, but equally challenging, right? I it, think yeah, it's, a, it's a very different skill set, right? We yep. keep coming back to the relationships and the stakeholder management part, right? Is how do I go to a business person and say, hey, there's this really awesome thing that's going to make your life way easier. Spend some time with us to develop a solution, right? That's that's the conversation you want to be having. But a lot of times the, the business unit might just go, it's fine, we'll just kind of stick with what we want to do. So that then the role of IT turns very much into that, that enabler, that shaper, that influencer, rather than the, yep. the traditional keep the lights on. Awesome. Any final thoughts for us? Um, look, this has been the rapid fire version of this discussion. Um, I'm a very big supporter of, you know, I think cloud is a fantastic set of tools, um, but I will encourage anyone out there that if, you, if you, this is what you're looking at, you do need to take that organisational view and take it early and really build those relationships and that credibility before you go to start putting too much up there. Awesome. Thanks Great. a lot for joining us today. No worries, and, uh, it's been fun. Was, uh, good chat. Good Great. chat. Thanks so much. Thank you.